Chapter Two of A Small Boy and Others. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by M. B. A Small Boy and Others by Henry James. Chapter Two. We were day boys, William and I, at dispensaries of learning, the number and succession of which today excite my wonder. We couldn't have changed oftener, it strikes me, as I look back, if our presence had been inveterately objected to, and yet I enjoy an inward certainty that, my brother being vividly bright, and I quite blankly innocuous, this reproach was never brought home to our house. It was an humiliation to me at first, small boys though we were, that our instructors kept being instructresses, and thereby a grave reflection both on our attainments and our spirit. A bevy of these educative ladies passes before me. I still possess their names, as, for instance, that of Mrs. Daly and that of Miss Rogers, previously of the Chelsea Female Institute, though at this moment of Sixth Avenue, this latter, whose benches indeed my brother didn't haunt, but who handled us literally with gloves. I still see the elegant objects, as Miss Rogers beat time with a long black ferule to some species of droning chant or chorus in which we spent most of our hours, just as I see her very tall and straight and spare, in a light blue dress, her firm face framed in long black glossy ringlets, and the stamp of the Chelsea Female Institute all over her. Mrs. Daly, clearly the immediate successor to the nebulous Miss Bayou, remains quite substantial, perhaps because the sphere of her small influence has succeeded in not passing away up to this present writing, so that in certain notes on New York published a few years since I was moved to refer to it with emotion as one of the small red houses on the south side of Waverley Place that really carry the imagination back to a vanished social order. They carry mine to a stout red-faced lady with grey hair and a large apron, the latter convenience somehow suggesting, as she stood about with a resolute air, that she viewed her little pupils as so many small slices cut from the loaf of life and on which she was to dab the butter of arithmetic and spelling, accompanied by way of jam with a light application of the practice of prize-giving. I recall an occasion, indeed, I must in justice mention, when the jam really was thick. My only memory of a school feast, strange to say, throughout our young annals, something uncanny in the air of the schoolroom at the unwanted evening or late afternoon hour, and tables that seemed to me prodigiously long, and on which the edibles were chunky and sticky. The stout, red-faced lady must have been Irish, as the name she bore imported. Or do I think so but from the indescribably Irish look of her revisited house? It refers itself, at any rate, to a New York age in which a little more or a little less of the colour was scarce noticeable in the general flush. Of pure, unimported strain, however, were Miss Sedgwick and Mrs. Wright, Lavinia D., the next figures in the procession. The procession that was to wind up, indeed, with two foreign recruits, small, brown, snappy Mademoiselle de Lavigne, who plied us with the French tongue at home, and who had been introduced to us as the niece, 
or could it have been the grandniece of the celebrated casimir and a large russian lady in an extraordinarily short cape i like to recall the fashion of short capes of the same stuff as her dress and merovingian side braids that seemed to require the royal crown of fredegonde or bruneo to complete their effect this final and aggravational representative of the compromising sex looms to my mind's eye i should add but as the creature of an hour in spite of her having been domiciled with us whereas i think of mademoiselle de lavigne as flitting in and out on quick fine more or less cloth-shod feet of exemplary neatness the flat-soled feet of louis philippe and of the female figures in those volumes of gavarni then actual then contemporaneous which were kept in a piece of furniture that stood between the front parlour windows in fourteenth street together with a set of beranger enriched by steel engravings to the rich imagery of which i so wonderingly responded that all other art of illustration ever since has been for me comparatively weak and cold these volumes and the tall entrancing folios of nash's lithographed mansions of england in the olden time formed a store lending itself particularly to distribution on the drawing-room carpet with concomitant pleasure to the same surface of the small student's stomach and relieving agitation of his backward heels i make out that it had decidedly been given to mademoiselle de lavigne to represent to my first perception personal france she was besides not being at all pink or shy oval and fluent and mistress somehow of the step the step of levity that involved a whisk of her short skirts there she was to the life on the page of gavarni attesting its reality and there again did that page in return i speak not of course of the unplumbed depths of the appended text attest her own felicity i was later on to feel that is i was to learn how many impressions and appearances how large a sense of things her type and tone prefigured the evanescence of the large russian lady whom i think of as rather rank i can't express it otherwise may have been owing in some question of the purity of her accent in french it was one of her attributes and her grounds of appeal to us that she had come straight from siberia and it is distinct to me that the purity was challenged by a friend of the house and without pathetically enough provoking the only answer the plea that the missing atticism would have been wasted on young barbarians the siberian note on our inmate's part may perhaps have been the least of her incongruities she was above all too big for a little job towered over us doubtless too heroically and her proportions hover but to lose themselves with the successors to her function awaiting us a little longer meanwhile to revert an instant if the depressed consciousness of our still more or less quailing educationally beneath the female eye and there was as well the deeper depth there was the degrading fact that with us literally consorted and contended girls that we sat and strove even though we drew the line at playing with them and at knowing them 
when not of the swarming cousinship, at home. If that felt awkwardness didn't exactly coincide with the ironic effect of Gussie's appearances, his emergence from rich mystery and his return to it, our state was but comparatively the braver. He always had so much more to tell us than we could possibly have to tell him. On reflection, I see that the most completely rueful period couldn't after all have prolonged itself, since the female eye last bent on us would have been that of Lavinia D. Wright, to our connection with whom a small odd reminiscence attaches a date. A little schoolmate displayed to me with pride, while the connection lasted, a beautifully coloured, a positively iridescent and gilded card representing the first of all the great exhibitions of our age, the London Crystal Palace of 1851, his father having lately gone out to it and sent him the dazzling memento. In 1851 I was eight years old, and my brother scarce more than nine, in addition to which it is distinct to me in the first place that we were never faithful long, or for more than one winter, to the same studious scene, and in the second that among our instructors Mrs. Lavinia had no successor of her own sex unless I count Mrs. Vredenberg of New Brighton, where we spent the summer of 1854, when I had reached the age of eleven and found myself bewildered by recognition of the part that attendance at school was so meanly to play in the hitherto unclouded long vacation. This was true at least for myself and my next younger brother, Wilkie, who under the presumption now dawning of his community of pursuits with my own, was from that moment, off and on for a few years, my extremely easy yoke-fellow and play-fellow. On William, charged with learning, I thought of him inveterately from our younger time as charged with learning. No such trick was played. He rested or roamed that summer on his accumulations, a fact which, as I was sure I saw these more and more richly accumulate, didn't in the least make me wonder. It comes back to me, in truth, that I had been prepared for anything by his having said to me toward the end of our time at Lavinia D's, and with characteristic authority, his enjoyment of it coming from my character, I mean, quite as much as from his own, that the lady was a very able woman, as shown by the experiments upstairs. He was upstairs, of course, and I was down, and I scarce even knew what experiments were, beyond their indeed requiring capability. The region of their performance was William's natural sphere, though I recall that I had a sense of peeping into it to a thrilled effect on seeing our instructress illustrate the proper way to extinguish a candle. She firmly pressed the flame between her thumb and her two forefingers, and, on my remarking that I didn't see how she could do it, promptly replied that I of course couldn't do it myself, as he could, because I should be afraid. That reflection on my courage awakes another echo of the same scant season, since the test involved must have been that of our taking our way home through Fourth Avenue, from some point uptown, and Mrs. Wright's situation in East 21st Street was such a point. 
the hudson river railroad was then in course of construction or was being made to traverse the upper reaches of the city through that part of which raged to my young sense a riot of explosion and a great shouting and waving of red flags when the gunpowder introduced into the rocky soil was about to take effect it was our theory that our passage there in the early afternoon was beset with danger and our impression that we saw fragments of rock hurtle through the air and smite to the earth another and yet another of the persons engaged or exposed the point of honour among several of us was of course nobly to defy the danger and i feel again the emotion with which i both hoped and feared that the red flags lurid signals descried from afar would enable or compel us to renew the feat that i didn't for myself inveterately renew it i seemed to infer from the memory of other preambulations of the period as to which i am divided between their still present freshness and my sense of perhaps making too much of these tiny particles of history my stronger rule however i confess and the one by which i must here consistently be guided is that from the moment it is a question of projecting a picture no particle that counts for memory or is appreciable to the spirit can be too tiny and that experience in the name of which one speaks is all compact of them and shining with them there was at any rate another way home with other appeals which consisted of getting straight along westward to broadway a sphere of a different order of fascination and bristling as i seem to recall with more vivid aspects greater curiosities and wonderments the curiosity was of course the country place as i supposed it to be on the northeast corner of eighteenth street if i am not mistaken a big brown house in grounds peopled with animal life which little as its site may appear to know it to-day lingered on into considerably later years i have but to close my eyes in order to open them inwardly again while i lean against the tall brown iron rails and peer through to a romantic view of browsing and pecking and parading creatures not numerous but all of distinguished appearance two or three elegant little cows of refined form and colour two or three nibbling fawns and a larger company above all of peacocks and guinea-fowl with doubtless though as to this i am vague some of the commoner ornaments of the barnyard i recognize that the scene as i evoke it fails of grandeur but it none the less had for me the note of greatness all of which but shows of course what a very town-bred small person i was and was to remain i see myself moreover as someone always alone in these and like new york flaneries and contemplations and feel how the sense of my being so being at any rate master of my short steps such as they were through all the beguiling streets was probably the very savour of each of my chance feasts which stirs in me at the same time some drop of wonder at the liberty of range and opportunity of adventure allowed to my tender age though the puzzle may very well drop after all as i ruefully reflect that i couldn't have been judged at home reckless or adventurous 
what i look back to as my infant license can only have had for its ground some timely conviction on the part of my elders that the only form of riot or revel ever known to me would be that of the visiting mind wasn't i myself for that matter even at that time all acutely and yet resignedly even quite fatalistically aware of what to think of this i at any rate watch the small boy dawdle and gape again i smell the cold dusty paint and iron as the rails of the eighteenth street corner rub his contemplative nose and feeling him foredoomed withhold from him no grain of my sympathy he is a convenient little image or warning of all that was to be for him and he might well have been even happier than he was for there was the very pattern and measure of all he was to demand just to be somewhere almost anywhere would do and somehow receive an impression or an accession feel a relation or a vibration he was to go without many things ever so many as all persons do in whom contemplation takes so much the place of action but everywhere in the years that came soon after and that in fact continued long in the streets of great towns in new york still for some time and then for a while in london in paris in geneva wherever it might be he was to enjoy more than anything the so far from showy practice of wandering and dawdling and gaping he was really i think much to profit by it what it all appreciably gave him that is gave him in producible form would be difficult to state but it seems to him as he even now thus indulges himself an education like another feeling as he has come to do more and more that no education avails for the intelligence that doesn't stir in it some subjective passion and that on the other hand almost anything that does so act is largely educative however small a figure the process might make in a scheme of training strange indeed furthermore are some of the things that have stirred a subjective passion stirred it i mean in young persons predisposed to a more or less fine inspired application End of chapter 2